Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and I forgive everyone out there who might be looking and saying Steel City Underground, Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. We're talking about Super Bowl, yeah, whatever this uh, acronym, abbreviation, Roman numerals, whatever. We just get on with numbers or we could just do like WrestleMania now and give it like a star or something or goes Hollywood or goes to the desert or some other type of fancy name. Man, I'll tell you what, um, it's I used to be able to read these things up through Super Bowl like 43 and then I stopped caring after that, obviously, for whatever intents and purposes. Super Bowl 57. Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, if you've been living under a rock, uh, 38 to 35 victory by the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'll have some stuff that's uh, relating not to just the Eagles and Chiefs, but also back to the Steelers, even though this is the Steel City Underground podcast. This was the conclusion of the 2022 NFL season. It goes longer and longer now, which isn't a bad thing. We love, we love football. I mean, but. Uh, and forgive me if I'm long-winded today. Of course, I'm by myself as uh, the other gents usually on the show. Zach, Flash, Celadonia, and Brian e. Roach. I guess too much to eat, too much to drink. Combination of both. I don't know, guys. You gotta, you gotta hydrate. You gotta, you gotta pace yourselves and get through this. And uh, that's what I'm gonna do. And just some programming notes. Hopefully, another show later this week. And then I'm headed out on vacation for a little bit, so maybe only one in the following week. And then we're gonna be heading into the home stretch of free agency. We're gonna start getting into the meat and potatoes of some actual real NFL news we can get and get away from some speculation until all that's over then we start speculating on the draft of course so uh this Super Bowl game of course not without its own uh controversy and some topics to talk about so let's dive right into today's daily grind uh, almost like a daily Steelers grind but Jalen Hurts, man, just uh one hell of a season from this young man and we got a lot of people you got uh of course Andrew Filipponi running his mouth as as he would, as you wouldn't expect him not to, and saying he hopes for a second-year jump with Kenny Pickett, much like with Jalen Hurts. Although the problem is, is Jalen Hurts, as much like Patrick Mahomes, sat for the better part, uh, well, his rookie season. So he was a second-year starter where Kenny was thrown in initially here uh, as a starter during his rookie season. I think the Steelers really did want to try and sit Kenny Pickett and they tried to, and it didn't work out for a few weeks, obviously. So, uh, but we get dig into Jalen Hurts and what a year he had. The Philadelphia Eagles, of course, uh, what were they uh, during the regular season? Fourteen and three, NFC East. We always used to call the NFC least. Hurts putting up some uh, putting up some big numbers, man. Sixty six and a half percent of his passes completed. 3,701 yards, 22 touchdowns to six interceptions. He got sacked only 38 times. He had a 101.5 QB rating for the year. He was also um, second in, uh, in rushing on the entire team. I don't expect Pickett to do these type of things, but hey, you know what? Uh, 22 touchdowns in 17 games isn't isn't a lot. Now, Hertz ran for 13 touchdowns and on his feet and you saw Kenny Kenny um Kenny was right there like as far as running the football uh, I thought Hurts um 
Actually, I was going to look up Kenny's uh, running numbers too. Kenny had uh, Kenny Pickett, that is, had three rushing touchdowns this season. I was thinking three or four somewhere in that ballpark. If you think about it, he only had seven touchdown passes. Part-time starter, 12 starts over the year. So uh, it's certainly numbers that could be improved upon. But Jalen Hurts, man, I really thought could have or should have maybe been the MVP. I get tired of seeing the same guys win it all the time. Patrick Mahomes, of course. Uh, there's plenty of good things to say about him as well. But the way the Eagles just kind of turn this around, they've got a lot of free agents that are going to be uh, off their books right now. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to roster build going forward. They had a big A.J. Brown trade, of course. Um, Cha Chauncey Gardner. I, I always mess up his name. A nickel corner. They had some guys like that. But, but of course, uh, some others that we'll talk about later, like Javon Hargrave, that they've had for a few years on the roster. And a lot of these things got uh, got just it was just like a perfect storm for them. It really was. And it all clicked. We'll see if they're able to um, uh, can be consistent and be able to replicate the success they just had. I know a lot of teams, are, uh, the NFL is a copycat league. So a lot of teams are going to be looking to do uh, many of the same things going forward. So. Uh, I really liked Jalen Hurts. I thought maybe could he have been the Super Bowl MVP as well with his three touchdowns combined? I mean, uh, there's definitely definitely some smoke to that fire. Um, three or three combined rushing touchdowns, and the other one throwing. He threw for 304 yards. He had a 103.4 rating, and it just uh, I, it sounds unprecedented. No, you got to give it to the winner. That it hasn't always happened. I think you got to go all the way back to something like Super Bowl five or somewhere. But for just such a dominant performance by an individual player, I know it seems unheard of, but uh, consolation prize. I mean, that young man was really beat up today. So I, I do. I feel for him. Um, and I didn't have a dog or, or a horse or whatever in this race, in the fight, what, uh, one way or the other. So it didn't bother me too too much one way or the other, other than the outcome, which I'll get to a little bit later. But, uh, you know, what we should uh, maybe discuss next is that uh, young man, Patrick Mahomes, and what he's been able to bring to the table here in Kansas City. What, four straight AFC championship games and now uh, two Super Bowls out of those four years and there's uh, another MVP, uh, league MVP, Super Bowl MVP, just putting up a whole lot of numbers. Uh, he ran, and uh, this was like one of the dumbest things that I saw the or, or heard on this broadcast. And trust me, there was a lot of dumb things that were said. Uh, <laughs> Greg Olson and company weren't necessarily the, the uh, sharpest uh, knife in the drawer, so to speak, on some of their commentary and play-by-play. -play. Uh, it felt like uh, it felt like I was watching a college game at times instead of the Super Bowl for just how dry the commentary was during this game. But it, Mahomes, his ankle doesn't look too bad, and I'm just kind of like, were you watching the same thing I did? He looked like he was like so almost like Ben Roethlisberger running out there. And I mean, like 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, he got away. Uh, Matt Ryan got away at one point against the Steelers earlier in the year. We saw some others just like just some players, some quarterbacks boogieing that usually don't boogie. Right. And, and you could just tell that he was running diagonally. He was trying to stretch as much out of that play as he could, but also was trying to avoid contact. And you could tell he wasn't at top speed. I, I don't think he was at 50% maybe. At some point, he got to sit like forever. The Chiefs didn't have the ball. They were down that whole first half. It was really interesting. It really adds to his, um, what do you want to say, his legend that's starting to grow uh, in Kansas City. 
And that legend is also uh, growing in part because uh, a lot of people want to say now are the Chiefs a dynasty? And with Mahomes, it's hard to not be a dynasty. But with Mahomes' contract, I got to wonder how much longer they hang on in this category and are able able to continue just rolling over teams and everything like that. I know that the Patriots were able to do it at one point, and Andy Reid is certainly a deserving coach. That staff, we're going to see if they're going to be able to keep all of those guys still together. And one of them that we're going to talk about, well, first, let me talk about the Chiefs and their dynasty. Someone's got to step up. Will the Steelers be in that position ever step up? That's a whole other conversation for another day. Cincinnati Bengals uh, are currently in that conversation. Young quarterback on a cheap contract, Josh Allen. They just paid Josh Allen. So the Buffalo Bills might now be on. They're still kind of, you can massage a little bit of that post giving the quarterback some money and how you end up spreading that out on a salary cap. But I'm not going to say one way or another that. Uh, who's there to uh, unseat the Chiefs? You can't look over at the New England Patriots anymore as being like that dynasty. Within a four-year period, this might be the end of the dynasty is what I'm saying. It might be the tail end. See how much more they can keep it going. But as defending Super Bowl champs right now, you got to knock them off the mountain. They're the king of the mountain. Uh, so I can't talk too much smack about them. But to do it year in and year out, it proves to be very difficult. They made some, uh, they had some shrewd moves. Obviously, they were able to sign like Juju Smith Schuster in the offseason. Wasn't a whole lot of money, more tied into incentives. The trade for Kadarius Toney. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire didn't really work out as a running back, but they still had Jerick McKinnon. That was a guy that you had to kind of pace because he would always get hurt. He had knee injuries. He was always a phenomenal, talented RB1. Okay, uh, Isaac Pacheco, they found this guy like, uh, what, seventh round pick or wherever he found him. Uh, uh, nobody wanted him. He's kind of a Mr. Irrelevant all of his, all to himself. So um, they keep making these moves and they're getting lucky in some of these circumstances. But eventually I got to feel that they're not going to be able to field 22 all-star players. And that's the same thing I used to say about the Steelers. Why can't the Steelers win? They have the killer bees when they did have them and had them healthy. That's another thing that's gone very well for the chiefs has been, they have had uh, a lot of health, particularly Travis Kelsey, man. I mean, Travis Kelsey, um, and he's a beast. He's a monster. Uh, he's making a case for being the greatest end of all time, even over Rob Gronkowski. So, uh, Kelsey been in the league since 2013 He's uh, been a pro bowler all but those first two years. He barely played as a rookie, really didn't start. He got 11 starts in 2014, and from 15 on, you're looking at a guy that's going to be entering 11 years in the NFL. He puts up monster numbers, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns this past year. He's had over 1,000 yards in every season since 2016. He's been there this entire time. Patrick Mahomes has been in Kansas City, so... This is, uh, that's one piece of it. It's one component of it. We saw Heath Miller only played about 10 years. Kelsey's now 33 years old and he continues to get it done. Good for him. He's got the hardware now, the show for it. If he ends up leaving, I mean, a lot of people were like, hey, we saw it with Tyree Kill, but I think some of the guys they filled in there, they also have McCole Hardman. They were already thinking ahead with the Tyree Kill thing. So I can't go completely uh, off the rails there when it comes to, uh, you know, they continue to find ways to fill in gaps in their roster. So can they continue to do that? We shall see. Uh, one of the other items that I had already mentioned was it's Eric Bieniemy, and his name is always a hot topic in NFL discussions and circles. They say he should be a head coach. 
why isn't he already a head coach? Isn't there this Rooney rule and it allows him to, um, to, to get these interviews and things like that. And uh, is he being like being hosed? Is he being uh blackballed for lack of better terms? I don't believe any of that. Supposedly he has a job offer with the Washington commanders. Okay. The Washington commanders, the Washington commanders that just had Taylor Heineke that just have Carson Wentz. Now they have Sam Howell. There's some decent receivers or some weapons there on that team, but this is a team that's run by Dan Snyder. This is a team that's coached by Ron Rivera. Is Biennemi really in Andy Reid's shadow? This guy just added hardware to his trophy case. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why he'd want to take an offensive coordinator job somewhere else where now he could do like really bad and then not have those sniffs at being a head coach. There could be something internal too. Maybe they've already had discussions. Andy Reid, what, 65 years old? I don't know. Pete Carroll's up there. He's north of 70. So there's coaches that certainly coach into much, much past what you would consider a normal person's career in terms of retirement years. So I don't know. They may have had some type of internal discussions. I was already surmising that with Mike Tomlin when they had Brian Flores on the staff with the Steelers. And that could always be a return trip too. They could always come back and maybe uh, talk to Brian Flores in a couple of years if they were impressed with how he handled his business in Pittsburgh. So I don't, I don't think Eric Bieniemy is anybody that's, um, I think he's comfortable. I'm not going to say, com well, comfortable where he is, but maybe not complacent with where he is. But at the same time, why rush? I mean, it's not like your stock is going down any. And there's always questions of, you know, Andy Reid. Andy Reid, very much an offensive-minded coach. How much of that is involved? Andy Reid gave all the credit in the world. He was name-dropping Eric Bieniemy. We heard Terry Bradshaw uh, when they were handing over and presenting the trophies. Right in front of the owner, uh, what is that? Is it? It's a Clark Hunt. I always mess up his name. I think Clark Kent, uh, but the uh, formerly of the Lamar Hunt kind of dynasty and family, one of the legendary families in the NFL as well as Major League Soccer too. So uh, the Hunt family there. But he asks right in front of him. Terry does. He asks Andy Reid directly. He goes, "Are you going to be back?" And I mean, putting the guy on the spot. Let him enjoy the moment, man. <laughs> it's like you got him in the middle of the cherry on top of his uh, ice cream sundae. So. Uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to be asking, and you never know. There might be a succession plan in place, but uh, for folks that are sitting around saying, oh, you want Eric Bieniemy as an OC in, in Pittsburgh, why? it's the same situation. Why would he go somewhere with an inexperienced quarterback at the helm and maybe, maybe other issues and problems that need to be fixed when you've, you're on a built-in championship-winning, perhaps, dynasty? So, And speaking with some of that as well, People are already surmising. Juju, come back. Javon Hargrave, come back. Good for both of those guys. Um, you know, I, Juju, hey, made the right choice. There was already that smoke around the fire as to whether or not Juju would have been heading to Kansas City the year before. And he took uh, what a lot of people considered a home team, hometown discount to stay in Pittsburgh for one more year. Even came back and played and come off of injured reserve to play in the playoff game last year against the Kansas City Chiefs, his future team. And he didn't do a whole lot through the first half. And then all of a sudden, boom, right off the page, man. And Juju was second uh, in this game in receiving just, to, uh, well, on the Chiefs side, I should say, uh, to Travis Kelsey. I say that because Devontae Smith had 100 yards and A.J. Brown had 96, a big plays from the Eagles. And some of that kind of fell off the rails, too, because of special teams, Kadarius Tony. I mean, that's just... 
how do you give a team like Kansas City that kind of guy, guy with talent? I guess they just the Giants felt he was uh, you know uh, used goods or whatever damaged. But Juju, seven catches, 53 yards. Kelsey, of course, six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown in that game. I gotta go back to the enemy for just one moment before I talk about my my dude Hargrave because uh, you know I really love Hargrave. Oh, well, might, might as well say he had one tackle for loss. There wasn't a whole lot that went on. They didn't get to Mahomes, who had a bum ankle coming in. They didn't get to him once in this game, uh, where the Chiefs actually had two uh, sacks on the stat sheet. Uh, but some of that too is just hurts moving around and whatnot when you have mobile quarterbacks in that nature. But just the just the play calling and how smooth. I know, folks. It's like you want to see Pickett do well. Somebody was already thinking about that. The year two jump. How's he going to do that with Matt Canada? I I don't know. Um, and I don't know where somewhere along the line the Chiefs said, okay, we're going to screw with them doing this, um, sending somebody in motion pre-snap, and then we're just going to cut them right back in the other direction. And you know what? We're going to hit the old whatever it is, the X or the square, or the triangle that. Uh, um, well, the X or the Y on the Xbox. I don't remember which one it was on PlayStation on Madden. And you flip the play. And that's essentially all they did. They, did, they ran it like three different times. And they were all like for touchdowns. They just caught the person not picking up their guy in man defense and, and switching off and whatnot. Just absolutely brilliant. If you didn't watch the game or whatever, go back and look at some highlights. I mean, Sky Moore, Travis Kelsey, and who was our other uh, person that caught uh, TD watch. It's going to be Kadarius Tony because I'm just not thinking about Kadarius Tony at the time. Yeah, it was Kadarius Tony. <laughs> How about that? Um, but yeah, it set him in motion. They didn't set him all the way full in motion and snap the uh, ball and just start running him right back the other direction. And the defender fell asleep thinking the guy was going to keep coming across the formation and never did. He come about halfway and cut back. And these guys were so wide open that they could, I could have thrown them the football. That's how ridiculous it was in uh, this particular game. So this Super Bowl, uh, it was interesting for all intents and purposes. Very high scoring, uh, 75 points combined between the two teams, 38-35. Again, it wasn't uh, without controversy, as I'm going to allude to here. Uh, by the way, both free agents, Juju and Javon Hargrave. So we'll see. Would I take them back? Probably both of them, but just to speak on uh, Juju in particular, really need juju you've got um and he's more of a possession guy he hasn't been the big play dude since back with antonio brown moves the chain sure-handed great blocker you could you definitely he could fit in and fill like a miles boykin type role but maybe not for a miles boykin type money and when you've already got george pickens deontay johnson Calvin austin was drafted last year coming back steven sims will be back anthony miller just re-signed i thought miller was great in camp you got five wide receivers in the stable right now which one of those guys you could always try and cut sims are you gonna have juju returning kicks and punts i don't necessarily know but anyways this game wasn't without controversy that's uh three point spread there at the end which I don't know. I would have to look at some lines. I was hoping I was going to have Flash on with me so he could discuss what was uh, what were some of the bets that he ended up taking in this game. And I feel like somewhere, somehow, the Vegas and the sports books and everything that's available now to everyone to bet at home, it just came down to the end of this play. People are going to say, you can't call that in a Super Bowl. Well, foul is a foul is a foul. And they're absolutely right, but I, I, all I could see is, and I, I, I saw this myself, and it was around social media, was the tackles, just how, no false starts. There were, like, no holding penalties. There were very few, anything that would have been, like, a pass interference call or anything in this game. It was either that the, the game was played very cleanly 
in, in some instances that that can be true, right? You got the two best teams arguably are playing for the trophy. So uh, clean, a lot more clean football, because if you're sloppy, you're shooting yourself in your foot and you're not going to make it into the Super Bowl. But on the other hand uh, here with Carl Sheffers and his crew, it just seemed like so out of place. I know uh, I'm trying to think who it was, the defender for the Eagles. He said, yes, I grabbed uh, at Juju. It was stared down the entire time, all practically by Mahomes. I kind of felt that the ball was going to be going there. And that that ended the game. And, of course, uh, you had the run right after where it's just a slide. They're not going to let uh, – was it Pacheco that ended up running that one or McKinnon? They're not going to – he didn't score, stayed in bounds, run the clock, run it out so they could just kick a field goal and win. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm going to come back to that because I was talking about officiating. But if you think that, that that call really kind of screwed the Eagles, the Eagles had enough how many opportunities. We say this all the time when we're talking about the Steelers and we complain about – uh, various kind of um, instances or scenarios that happen during the game. You get a drink here real quick. I apologize. Hey, this is what happens when I'm by myself. I need some coffee. Ah, my apologies. There's always for doing that. I hate smacking lips and gritting teeth and everything like that. But the Chiefs, three straight touchdown drives and the field goal drive to end it after the Eagles defense did their job and kept them largely off the field toward the end. And then you had the hit um, near in the third quarter. uh, You had the one, well, you had a couple of catches that I thought were maybe not catches or the other way around. And Nick Bolton, who already had the fumble recovery earlier in the game, lays a hit on, I don't know if it was Sanders or Boston Scott. I'm trying to remember which one it was. And I was thinking to myself, the guy caught the ball, tucks it. Okay, he doesn't make like an extra step or anything like that. And people are trying to say, bang, bang. That's Bolton's job. And I felt right there that the Chiefs were robbed of what had been a walk-in touchdown off of a fumble there. And earlier, too, you have Devontae Smith once again embroiled in, was this a catch? Was it not a catch? up against the helmet and whatnot. Dallas Goddard, he bobbles a ball. He made two steps and then like maybe a third step and that step was out of bounds, but did he have it? But he, and, and it's like, well, the ball can move, but does he have control of it? Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Like if I'm spinning a ball like a Harlem Globetrotter and all of a sudden it starts to come off my finger and then I kind of grab it, is the ball still spinning? Like, I, do I have complete control of it at all times? It just didn't make any sense to me. I thought that the Chiefs might have been robbed right there. They would have had every reason to wine belly ache, complain, and cry if they had lost that game because that didn't end up being a touchdown. So I could flip and and go to the other side of this and say, at the very end of this, does that call the illegal contact or whatever you want, whatever the official flag was at the end for that? Does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? as opposed to some of the other breaks or bad breaks that happened already up until that point. I can't argue that the team, that the chiefs were the wrong team to win. It just looked really bad and really out of place. And that's where you get the perception. It's that it's what you remember last. And that's what you pretty much remember last. You're not going to remember some big touchdown play. You're going to remember that there was a yellow hanky out there, or orange hanky out there on the field, the flag that was thrown 
and gave the instead of the Chiefs just kicking a field goal and the Eagles having a chance to come back, which most people would have liked to have seen. That would have been very entertaining, at least with them to have some uh, time left on the clock and an opportunity to score. But alas, that didn't happen. We were promised by Roger Goodell that the officiating was as good as it has ever been just leading up to this big game. And here you go. It's all gone again. Uh, before I jump into any of the other pomp and circumstances as well, I wanted to let all of you folks out there know uh, that the uh, Steel City Underground podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, precision-made tools for your family jewels. And as you know, the uh, Beard Hedger Pro Kit has, is a new product. It's just been released, but it's not the only thing that comes with this when you go to manscaped.com and put in the promo code um, Steel City 20 for 20% off and free shipping now. And I know we're right up against Valentine's Day. Hopefully some of you have already gotten this, but if you're looking at uh, this one, uh, the beard uh see i just did that thing as well where i grip my teeth sorry about that um this one's actually not the beard trimmer but it's what they're showing me for the holiday package but you could get stuff like beard shampoo and conditioner you need to remember all your hair is different beard hair it's more coarse it's easier to damage than the hair on your head i wouldn't know because i don't have much hair on my head but i, I believe you got to take care of this as well and you know i cut this a little short for those of you who didn't uh see the uh, last show or two. <laughs> I, I nicked myself a little bit too close with the Beard Hedger and it does a really great job. It's a titanium coated T blade. It is smooth on your face. So I don't want to say I, I nicked. What I did was I cut it too short and then it just looked bad. So I had to even everything out and that was real easy to do. Easy to groom with all this stuff. Uh, the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner also comes with this particular kit. So does Beard Oil, which is an essential piece for your main facial accessory so if you have the duck dynasty thing going on you can cap this all off with the beard balm it's a pomade that shapes styles moisturizes and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames i mean if you got a good beard going uh, i know um I'm straight dude right but I, i'll be like hey that's a, that's a nice beard know what i mean i could i could admire that i could appreciate that i'm comfortable in my own skin uh so if you want but you got to admire yourself sometimes too. So that's just something you look in the mirror and you're like, Hey, that's a good looking dude. Uh, you could get that beard trimmer set from manscape.com. Once again, promo code steel city 20. It's in the show notes that gets you 20% off and the free shipping that's available worldwide actually. So, uh, just moving along half time show. Everybody likes to complain about this too. I'm just going to start saying bitch all the time. They bitch about it. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little more loose. I, I like to try and be PG. I don't know how many of you got this playing on speakers in front of small ears or uh, in NSFW type situations, but the uh, halftime show, I, I've seen Rihanna in concert. Actually, I saw her with Eminem years ago, and that was a really solid show. Um, am I the biggest Rihanna fan? I'm not really the target demographic for that. I, I definitely listen to her over country music anytime, but Chris Stapleton had a hell of a national anthem. I thought, I thought all of the pregame uh, festivities were top notch by the NFL. This was, this was a hell of an NFL halftime show as far as a production. That just, everything always just looks weird to me. Maybe I'm just getting old and want to yell for people to get off my lawn, 
because all I could, all I kept thinking about was this. It's just the, uh, you got like the little Oompa Loompas or whatever running around. <laughs> and this was a meme that I found off the internet and I'm like, I knew it reminded me of something. They're all in these like suits and stuff like that. And, uh, I pull up like the other one just to go back to, yeah, you, you look at Rihanna and her minions that are there. Um, I don't know. Like I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on at this point. I didn't know really what it represented. Maybe I will, maybe I was supposed to, maybe I wasn't supposed to, but, uh, somebody would come out there and say, Oh, you should have gotten this. And it's like, well, you know what, if I'm that casual of a fan and I didn't pick up on that, uh, who else isn't picking up on this? Otherwise it's a big production. It's a to do that. It's a, it's a spectacle. It's one of the most watched, if not most watched sporting event all year long. Uh, I don't have, again, I don't have a horse in this race. Uh, I'm not going to fight this battle. I thought it was just, is it, it's not the greatest ever. It's not the worst ever. It was just mid. And that's where I will leave that. But I, I just thought it was kind of funny. I had to shove it in there. Like, uh, I'm going to get uh, Lash might wear one of these things and get him booing. Well, Trubisky might not be around next year. Get him in the stands wearing one of these things with the big... Uh, kind of ski goggle Bret Hart looking uh, sunglasses there the hip man I was thinking of too I, I really couldn't figure this out this really that one lady looks really angry like she's not enjoying being a dancer what do dancers do in their spare time other than this they got to have another profession right I don't know it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of work to choreograph all of that trust me there was like enough people to fill like four football rosters there I, I just didn't uh <laughs> I don't know I don't know um and it just, I, I'm out of touch. So anyways, um, I don't know about out of touch with one other thing though. The last item we talk about commercials, TV space and ads with the Super Bowl, and Budweiser, where the hell were you? you? You used to be the king of doing these things. Does it cost too much money? Have you lost too much money? Cause nobody drink and drink. I should be careful what I say. I got enough of these cans and bottles sitting right above my head. Uh, but it's, you know, it's almost like water. It's not like something that I um, uh, drink or partake of uh, too often. So uh, it just, I, I like their ad though. They had a really good one with a couple and the lady was sitting on, uh, laying on the couch and she's been on hold for almost an hour with the phone and they start dancing and they're drinking a beer and they're dancing to like the, the music that we all hear where you're going through these automated call systems and whatnot. And I thought that was a, that was actually a pretty clever one. Uh, sticking with the beer commercials, Miller Light or Coors Light saying that they hadn't had a commercial in the longest time. And, and the guys fighting with each other. And then they're like, it's a Miller Light commercial. No, it's a Coors commercial. And if you don't know, they're both brewed by the same company. They merged and take on uh, Anheuser-Busch many years ago, which has gotten even bigger since then. And in the grand finale of that, they throw a blue moon up on the counter and say, no, it's a blue moon commercial, which they also make. And blue moon, hey, that's not too, too bad stuff. Uh, if push comes to shove, though, I'm grabbing a yingling uh, above all of those. Sam Adams, fine with that. Yingling, yingling, definitely something you could get at Heinz. Oh, I mean, Acrisure Stadium. Hmm. Uh, otherwise, in the commercial field, I liked I liked the lady, the, the women pushing football forward one. I know sometimes, like, when you're you're trying to send a message and you're trying to promote something or being progressive with something, how it could rub people the wrong way, this way or the other thing. I mean, Hey, look, this whole M&Ms thing, I didn't even realize they were gone. And then all of a sudden they're back and I'm like, they were gone. Like what, what happened? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, this was all like a PR stunt to begin with that. that I don't know. It just, that didn't 
if I had known they were gone or if I had it, if I cared any, then I guess it would have affected me in some way. Instead, it just came like the, this Maya's covered chocolate covered clams or whatever. I'm like, no, that's just gross. That's just weird. I'm not, I'm not with that. The, the breaking bad commercial with the popcorners or whatever that product was. Yeah. I can remember that it was all the breaking bad thing and Tuco at the end. That was really great. But the flag football one, um, that was a very interesting one. We got a couple of these actually up on uh, steelcityunderground.com. Actually, if you want to take a look at uh, some of the various commercials that are, uh, they're on the, they're on our website. You can find it real quickly. And as it go down, uh, there was the one, this one actually had uh, Cameron Hayward in it. You can kind of see it, uh, on my screen right here. So, uh, Jeep, the electric Brad, oh, Bradley Cooper and his mom, T-Mobile. Oh, Diana Flores. Of course we can't play it over straight through there, but it's linked through it. But Diana Flores, that was a really interesting, uh, commercial. I didn't realize everything with the women's flag football. They had her on NFL Network actually uh, today, uh, Monday, if you're listening later, and you can go back maybe and watch uh, throwing the football and stuff. Wow, what an athlete. But the, the part that, aside from having all the NFL players in and Sauce Gardner and everybody trying to tackle her and Cam Hayward and those guys getting run over, was going home and she's speaking Spanish, Spanglish, whatever. I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 5, so uh, stick with me there. That's based in Mexico with a lot of Spanglish. But talking to her mom and she's talking about her day and you won't believe what happens. And her mom tries to take her flag. Off. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? As a father, I would probably do that to my daughter too. So I thought it was very well done. Uh, the two B commercials and the Timu, the, the boutique one, it's like, Oh, you could shop like this or to be with these giant bunny rabbit. Like they're just creepy. Like they may as well just use uh, Pennywise from it and put a balloon and had somebody try and go in a white van or something like Went on like just some of these commercials just they do not resonate. There was another one for a game, which is very clever. It's like limited time only. Oh, only only around for so long. Hurry up and scan the QR code with like a catchy little tune with it. I have no idea what I'm scanning this for and what I'm putting on my phone. That might have helped. I understand they only had like 15 seconds or whatever that they paid for. Uh, but getting getting the most out of your money with some of it, the rock stars with you know Ace from Kiss and Ozzy, and there's some chuckles in between that. I'm not sure if it pushes the product that you're hoping uh, will push and make it memorable in a certain way. I have trouble even thinking about what that might have been. Maybe you could look it back up on the internet and find it. Uh, from a whole marketing perspective, you got to remember that it was tied to something like Doritos or uh, Ben Stiller and Steve Martin doing the Pepsi Zero Sugar or something of that to that effect. So I can remember that Bud Light was very much involved with the you know on hold music with the phone thing, but some of these newer products. It's it's really hard. You're spending a lot of money and you're an upstart. I will say, being a wrestling fan, it was cool to see Fox put a uh, WWE Friday Night SmackDown promo in with the guy clicking the pen, and the lady just had like this fantasy of the whole uh, the whole place, the whole workplace, it, very much like the commercial they ran like about 20 years ago when um, you know Steve Austin was on top of his game and everything like that. And everybody was breaking tables, this and that. And then she snapped back into it and just, can I see your pen? Yeah, sure. Break it. And that's uh flash. That's kind of where we're at. Oh, this is, this actually is my broken Steelers pen right there. Bang folks. That'll do it for me. That's a real quick hitter here. Um, not too much news on this front to talk about. We're going to be talking about some more free agent targets 
in the coming days and weeks and Valentine's day, happy Valentine's day, uh, early one to everyone that's out there. We love you and thank you and appreciate you for following us wherever you may be listening or watching as you may be. We're also going to talk about the Steelers that we love the most. So if you want to leave some uh, comments here, two percenters, and we'll try and put you in on this and talk about all the Steelers that you love right now. Try to keep it to a short list or just one or two. That's what I, um, and then we can compile them all or we're going to be repeating people this way. I have a feeling I already know who Brian really loves. I really wanted Zach to get in on the bromance here. And I might have a surprise or two for all of you that are out there uh, with uh, maybe a, a little bit of a belated Valentine's episode. So I got this pen in my hand now and now I can't stop. It's contagious. I can see where she's at. She would have uh, probably elbowed me through a table as well. We were doing a commercial, so that'll do it for me. My name is Joe Kuzma. Thanks for flying solo with me today post-Super Bowl. Hope you don't have too much of a hangover. And again, uh, early happy Valentine's Day. We'll get some more programming out to you later this week. And then I'm off to get a little bit of a tan for the President's Day weekend, and we'll catch you again next week. Catch up on some of the shows that you might have missed. Not any information there that has died off yet. So you go back about even two weeks. We still got some great stuff there talking about backup quarterbacks, talking about potential needs for the Steelers. And we're going to continue on that path and cycle as we now head into what uh, Steelers social media said that the uh, 2023 season is now underway. Almost not, a, not officially according to the league. They have a league year thing in the calendar that starts that, but, for all intents and purposes, that process has already started for Pittsburgh about a month ago. So we'll be uh, talking more about that in the coming days. Thank you once again for following, listening, and watching the Steel City Underground podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, leave a review, share this to your friends, family, and other Steelers fans. And until next time, as we always do, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.